I love these phones with the American voices. Really good, aren't they? Joe, I'm taking my, my watch off. Could you tell everybody what that means? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a Bible, perhaps you could open it to, to Psalm 9. If not, just relax and listen along. It's, it's a fairly long psalm. I'll try and read it uh, fairly quickly. I'll just make sure we've got the meaning of the psalm. The psalm of David. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praise of your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my right and my cause sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You've uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing the praise of the Lord enthroned in Zion. Pro proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy. And lift me up from the gates of death, that I may declare your praises in the gates of daughter Zion. And there rejoice in your salvation. The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. The wicked go down to the realm of the dead. All the nations that forget God. But God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Arise, Lord. Do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence and strike them with terror, with terror Lord. For the nations know they are only mortal. I think, sadly, even our own, the leaders of our own nation don't think they're mortal. And that's almost where we are throughout the world. The leaders of nations think they've got no accountability, unfortunately. And uh, it's only when we realise we're mortal and we come before a holy God that our lives can be changed. And we realise that God is supreme, that God is the most high, that he is the one who cares for us and looks after, looks after us, but he's also a God of judgment and a God of justice, and a God of equity. Now, I've only looked at verse 1 and 2 of this, and I don't know where I'll get to, because when I read Psalm 9 just now, it's actually the first time I read it. I've read this since I, since I had a look at it at two or three o'clock this morning. And uh, just So just bear with me. I'm just going to pick out uh, some verses. So I'll share my thoughts in verse 1 and 2, and I'll just pick out some verses as I go along. And for sure, 
I believe that God's got a message for us because of the circumstantial thing. God's got a message for you today, and God certainly got a message for me in this. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart, and I will tell of your wondrous, wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praise of your name, Most High. This is a call for us to be thankful in our worship. I will give thanks to the Lord. Sometimes our circumstances are dire. If I was asking Lorraine, how is your personal, how are your personal situations and circumstances today? Our answer would likely be terrible Sunday. But thank the Lord we've got the Lord. If I was asking a number of people today, how's things for you just now and your life and your personal circumstances and your workplace with your family, with your daily life and your retirement, with your medical conditions? That's all, that's all I'm talking about just now. I didn't realise when I, when I go to 70, I would spend half my day talking about all my ailments. I kind of thought that was for old people. And then it suddenly dawned on me, 72, I'm starting to be an old people. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the important thing is we need to give God thanks for what he has given us independent of our circumstances. And I've shared this before and I'll share it here again that if you can't be thankful in your circumstances, and, and sometimes it's tough, always be, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, be thankful for your salvation. Be thankful that God has changed you, that God's come into your life, even in the midst of all sorts of trouble, that God's come into your life. And be thankful for the fact that he's come in and he's changed you. And as you walk this path, and your daily journey that you walk with God, as, as I think Alan McBride was sharing, I wasn't here, but I think it was shared, I don't know if it was last week, was Alan here last week? Last week, that God will never leave us or forsake us. That whatever, whatever road the Lord takes you on, that he'll not leave you or forsake you. And the call for worship today is, be thankful to the Lord in our worship, verse 1. And thank the Lord with our whole heart. Now I was just thinking about this, you know. Thank the Lord with our whole heart. Bear in mind, when the Lord, when the scriptures talk about your heart, it's not the thing that pumps blood through your body. That, your heart's an organ. When the Lord in scripture talks about your heart, it's your whole being. It's who you are. And we, we, we always use phrases to this, oh, he's got a hard heart. Oh, I know him, he's got a hard heart. Or she's got a lovely heart. I don't know why I said he and she there. Uh, she's got a lovely heart. Heartfelt thanks. And we use heart often in a vocabulary. And it's often to describe how the, how the, the, the type of person that someone is. Really nice person, they've got a lovely heart. They've got an open heart. And it's important that we come to God. We come with a whole heart. I would say I don't always do that. I don't. I always want to do it, but I don't always do it. 
Because sometimes if I'm sitting in here, sometimes I've got all these things going on in my head and the Lord says, Sandy, try and clear them out. Just give yourself a break and come in here and rejoice and worship me with your whole being. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, especially when we're going through tough times. It's a tough one. But our whole being, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, verse 1 says. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. And it's important in this life, when we're faced with difficult things, often we forget to recount, to look back on how God has taken us through tough times. And God often does that to teach us lessons. To teach us to do to teach us in the situation that we're in. To think back on how God has taken us through difficult circumstances. I shared this a few weeks ago. Some, sometimes I'm in a situation and I forget to ask God and to help me. Maybe even for a fortnight. I still pray to God. I still bring myself before God. But right at the beginning of a situation or a circumstance or tough times, we should be asking God to come in and be with us right at the beginning. We know he is with us, but it's good to ask him. It's good to remind yourself and it's good to recount all the bountiful things that he has done in your life and be thankful for them. And also to know that he'll not leave you on your own in the situation in which you find yourself. And sometimes that's tough when things are not going so good. But to reflect not only on who he is as a holy God, but what he's done for us. Honestly, I can't... I, if I... If, if I was having to write down all the good things that God has done for me, I wouldn't get a big enough book to be able to do it. And I need to be more thankful, and we need to be more thankful for what God has done, to reflect on all the wonderful things he has done. I will be glad, verse 2, I think it is, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will be glad. We need to come here, brothers and sisters and friends, with glad hearts, not sad hearts. Maybe sad in our circumstances, but glad what we've got in our life. We need to come here with glad hearts and exalt you. Exalt you simply means to raise you to your rightful position, which is God, the supreme God, our almighty God, the one and only God. There is no other name before God. Almighty God, the great Jehovah, and be glad and exalt the Lord to the position that he is entitled to and that he deserves. But the important thing is to come with gladness. It's not easy to have a smile on your face when life's tough. I share this often. Joe will tell you, I share this in the coffee house. It's something, it's something that's inherent in me. And, and I don't know why, but it's so, I always feel it's so important sometimes more important than theology or doctrine that we have. That when somebody walks in that door at the coffee house or walks in here, and I shared this two weeks ago, 
They walk in and you've got a smile on your face. You've got a welcoming spirit. A welcoming spirit. I was just sharing this with Margaret a couple of, uh, a couple of days ago. For, for years, we took the kids to Blackpool. We didn't stay in Blackpool. We couldn't go there. But we stayed outside Blackpool. But we dipped into Blackpool. Uh, and the kids loved it. And uh, so did we. I used to love going on the bouncy castle and kidding on I was on with the kids. But, but at the end of the day, so we went to Blackpool every, for about five years in a row, I went to a church in Blackpool and I decided I would go to a different church each year. And I did that. And Margaret would be looking after the kids and trying to get organised. And I would say, I'll just go to church, Margaret, and uh, just you organise the kids and make me a lovely lunch for when I go by. You know the answer to the one already. Uh, but you know what? Five years in a row, five years in a row, I went to different churches in Blackpool, Evangelical Church, Baptist Church, Church of England, Lutheran Church. Can't you mind what the last one was? Not one person spoke to me in five years. Seriously, nobody spoke to me in five years. In five different churches down in Blackpool, they maybe thought I looked a bit simple and a bit silly. But at the end of the day, the important thing in church is that we belong. We're glad. We rejoice in Jesus when we've got this gladness in our heart. We need to share it with others. I've said before, you know, you, you, you don't walk about like a Cheshire cat. You know, if you walk about that every day, folk think it's all wrong. But at the same time, we've got this spirit of people who come in and with each other, and with each other. Some churches I've been in, how are you get on the day, Jim? Aye, all right. You know? And, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes you don't get much back of folk, but you need to be aware that we're all in different circumstances. Somebody might be going through a tough time. And, you, you know, you're, you're asking them a question, and I'm a bit annoyed that they're not spot. We need to be aware of how people are. But I just want to impress this. Let's exalt the Lord's name. And see when we exalt the Lord's name, he wants, to, he wants to make us glad along with him. And I will sing praise to your name. Now, I'm not such a great singer, but I love singing, especially in the back. I've got this kind of feeling as if I'm in a recording studio. And it's just great. I will sing praise to your name, almost high. We need to be praising the Lord all the time, rather than this kind of formality of religion. The Lord's broken us out of all that, broken us out of religion. He says in Galatians, don't go back to your old traditions and your old ways. I've brought you freedom and liberty in Christ. Don't go back to your old ways. One of the churches, when I was a boy, I was 17 or 18, and I was frightened everybody in church, particularly the elders. I was frightened everybody, but I was terrified of the elders. I really was, honestly, especially when they said to you, how are you this morning, Sandy? You know, it's always that kind of thing, you know? Seriously. And then, you know, I said to myself, there's something no right about this, you know, and and you needed to have a big Bible. I've shared this before. If I was 18 in my church, the bigger Bible I go, the more spiritual I was. 
I made sure always of the big Bible. Your Bible needed to be black. See if you come into a white Bible, you've got something. By the way, Sandy, I like a new Bible, but uh, did you know that a black one? That's true. That's true. We need to break free from these kind of things. The type of people in churches that take the hamster squeal out on a Sunday so it can enjoy itself. <laughs> and remove the bungee swing on a Sunday so it can play with the swing. Life's not like that. Christian life's not like that. We need to break free from that. We need to have gladness in our hearts, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And I song in our mouth and rejoice. And a couple of friends of mine have said to me recently, and this is why I share this. Sandy, I've been, to, I've been to a few different churches and sometimes local have a speak to you. It's great coming into new beginnings. Everybody talks to you. I says, well, that's what it should be like. Coming into new beginnings shouldn't be something special. That should be the norm, wherever you go. And I think, brothers and sisters, we need to just always remind ourselves that we need to have a song in our mouth, a smile on our face, even in difficult circumstances, and worship God with all we have and share that with others. Now, I don't mean you need to go about, listen, I want to tell you that Jesus, right? You know, some of us just can't do that. We can't do that. But we can pray for folk. We can, as we see people, as we come across people in our daily circumstances, we can just show and share the love of Jesus in our own gentle way without hammering people across the head of the Bible, which, as we know, it doesn't often work. Sing praises of your name, Most High. Verse 3, my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you've upheld my right and my cause, sitting enthroned as the righteous judge. You have rebuked the nations, verse 5, and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken my enemies. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. You have dealt with them, Lord. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness, verse 8 and judges his people with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. The world today is a dangerous place. Just look at Russia and Ukraine and all the troops and all that and over there and the fear of war and the fear that somebody might press a button and, and all, all, all the things that are going on. That's only one place all around the world. We need to remember that we have got a God that rules over these situations. Sometimes he might leave us to go on with it and hopefully he'll learn from our mistakes and often the world doesn't do that. But verse 7 says, the Lord reigns forever. If you're sitting in here today and you know the Lord Jesus Christ in your life and in your heart and he's changing, you're trying to walk with him. The Lord reigns forever and ever and ever and ever. That's, that's an eternal destination. That the Lord will be with us. 
establishes his throne of judgment. He rules the world in righteousness. God's always righteous. God will not do something wrong. He'll not make mistakes. He'll not do something wrong because he can't, because he's a God of righteousness and he always does things right. He's a refuge for the oppressed. Do you feel oppressed this morning? I'll tell you something. See, last year, I just felt oppressed. I don't know many things. Things closing in on me. Things just closing in on me. I don't know if it was COVID or not, but I think maybe that had something to do with it. But and my personal circumstances, but things closing in. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves, whatever circumstances in which you find yourself, God is a refuge for you. God's a refuge for you. He'll look after you. He'll watch over for watch over you. He's a stronghold in times of trouble. Sometimes in times of trouble, you don't feel very strong. In fact, you feel pretty weak. But God's a stronghold in times of trouble. And I'll tell you, 2022, I'll not be too long uh, into the, the ongoing months at the beginning of the year, when you might need God as your stronghold. Because things can change like that, as we know. Our life can change like that, as we know. Our comfortable situation at the moment can change tomorrow. Circumstances change in the twinkling of an eye. But God is our stronghold in times of trouble. Listen, where can you go but to the Lord? I've spoken to a few folk recently that have been really struggling with my faith. And my answer is, I can understand where you're coming from. But, but where can you go in with the Lord? If you didn't have the Lord, you would still need to deal with your situation. But with the Lord, you can deal with it knowing you've got somebody in your situation with you. Those who know your name, trust in you. For the Lord has never forsaken those who seek you. I just love that wee verse. I'd forgotten about it. I'd read it years ago. And I was talking to this guy, a Chinese guy, and he says to me, you know, some Sunday, I would love, I would love to have your God and my wife's God in my life. I would love it. I just want your God in my life because it's made such a difference to my life. And for weeks, I gave him this book and that book and that book and that book and I prayed with him. And his, his answer always was after reading stuff. I know Sandy, I read that. I just wish I had the God that you have. I said, listen, Terry, I want to say something to you. Those who know the name of the Lord trust in you. And the Lord's never forsaken, never forsakes those who seek you. And there's a wee scripture says this, Terry, if you earnestly seek me, you will find me. I'm leaving that with you. I'm not giving you any more stuff to read. I'm leaving that with you. If you earnestly seek me, you'll find me. And that is true for Christians. 
as it's true for people who don't know God in their life. If you earnestly seek me, you'll find me. Sometimes when life's tough, we wonder where God is. And keep this in mind, if you earnestly seek God, you'll find him in every situation of life in which you find yourself. So I'm going to have a way look at my watch. Is that a quarter past? I'll just, I'll just finish in five minutes. I'll finish in a few minutes, five minutes. If you look at verse 15, it says, The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Now, look at the circumstances we're in. The nations of the world are digging pits for themselves. Unfortunately, we're part of it. Their feet are caught in the net that they've hidden. They're catching their feet in the net, their own nets that they're hiding. Don't even remember where they've hidden the nets. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the works of their hands. Brothers and sisters and just friends that are here, everybody. Don't be too frightened of what's going on in the world. It, it can be fearful. But remember, God's in control. And the nations of the world will not be allowed to do what they're doing indefinitely. Because we've got a mighty God. There is no recognition that our God is in control. I think I'm right in saying that the Glasgow motto used to be let Glasgow flourish by the preaching of the word and the praising of his name. It is now let Glasgow flourish, isn't it? God's taking out everything. That's only in Scotland. God's taking out of everything. And we need to make sure that God is in our life and that we know he's in control and that he is with us. Verse 18 says, God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Always have, always have this hope. We need to make sure in 2022, we've got this hope that is not an uncertain hope. Hope in relation to the dictionary definition for the world is something that we want to happen but we're not sure of. Our hope's different. We've got a hope that is sure and certain in Jesus. A hope that is found in the love of Christ. It's Calvary love that brings us that hope. And as we face 2022 this year, never forget the hope that's in you. That God will be with you. That when you're needy, God will meet that need. Sometimes it's, it's not in the way that we want it to be, or we think it should be, or maybe often we feel that God's not listening, or we've not shared with him the way that, the way that we should, or we've not asked him the way that we should ask him. But God will never forget the need. And we are needy in new beginnings. And some of you here today are on the mountaintop, you're feeling you've had a good week. And others may be in the valley, and others may be in between. Wherever you are, God will meet your need. 
Arise, Lord, and verse 19, do not let mortals triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Let the nations know they're only mortal. If only our nations realized they were only mortal. As I get older, uh, as, as early Andrew says, 73 years birthday, Grandpa, but as I got older, as I got older, I'm focusing more on my, my mortality. And I'm thinking more in my future. And I'm thinking more in eternity. And I'm thinking more in the things of God in relation to where I'm going to be. Something to do with age. Something, definitely something to do with age. But you know what? We can have a hope that is certain. It's certain. A future. We have a hope and a future that is certain. And it doesn't matter whether the world recognizes God or not. He's still God. He's still God. But just, God wants you, just as I finish, God wants you to be somebody who relies on him, who gives thanks to him, who praises him, who worships him, who rejoices individually, who rejoices and worships collectively, who've got consideration for each other and concern for each other and love for each other in 2022, and the love for those in the community who don't know Jesus, that's the kind of thing God wants of us, to be humble. Because when you recognize God's the most high, your position is one of, one of humility. So we need to be humble. We need to let folk, folk see the qualities that we have in God. Folk look at us and see something different in us. I've shared this wee story before, but just as I finish, because I think it's important to let people know when they think there's something different about us, they think that in relation to what I call positivity. It's something positive they think. You know, they, they don't look at me and think, well, he's a bit of a weirdo. And, you know, he, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure of him. You want folk to look at you and say, some nice about her. I'm pointing to Nancy, but I could point to anybody, but point to Nancy. Shouldn't have done that. That's another wee royal gift. There's this camel. I think I've shared this with some folk. But there's this camel, and she says to her mummy, just as I finish, Mummy, I'm awfully worried. What's wrong with you? Mummy, see my, my skin. My skin's awfully thick. It's, my skin's not, it's just rough. It's not nice. I'm needing a manicure. I'm needing to get myself. I mean, then you go somewhere and get yourself pumped. Mom, see that horse across there? I would love to get that horse. Chic, beautiful skin, shiny coat. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. But see, when you're going through, through the desert, 200 miles, the sun's beating down. See that coat? And that rough skin? That's what keeps you going. It keeps you going. Thanks, Mom. I never thought about that. Mom, there's another wee thing. Got a big hump in my back. I feel obviously self-conscious of this big bump in my back. I'd love to be like that horse, really chic, lovely, lovely bag, lovely skin, lovely coat. Listen, let me say this to you. See me go through the desert. 
Son's pounding down. That's your storehouse. That keeps you going with water. See that pump your back? That's what keeps you going. Is that right? That horse would be dead within two miles. You'll go for 200 miles with that storehouse. She says, well, thanks, Mommy. Can you believe us? I'm going to walk down. I think it's lovely. Mommy, the last thing I see my feet. I've got these big splay feet. See that horse across there's a lovely wee beautiful feet. I've got these big splay feet. I think that's horrible. See these big feet? See when you go through the sand? You glide right across the sand. That's me gliding across the sand. You glide right across the sand. See that horse? Two miles and that horse is dead. It's down. Wow, oh, I've got to think different about my feet. Mommy, can I ask you one last thing? Aye, what is it? See me all these gifts and qualities. Huge qualities I've got. What we did here then, my zoo? Every story needs to have a moral. And the important thing is, the important thing is that we need to share with others. Forget being enclosed in a pen. We need to share with others. We need to think about others. Share, share and show the love of God with others. Praise and rejoice and worship and be glad and am. Amen.